your blood runs orange and blue. Orange and blue. blue. This, this is the pod, is the for, pod you. for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. A golden opportunity is there for the Knicks. And perhaps even more given what's happening in Miami. This is Orange and Blue Bloods, a New York Knicks podcast odyssey wfa and original i'm ej stewart joined by tommy beer we got plenty to get to on this episode of orange blue blood so we'll be previewing game five of the eastern conference finals with i mean east conference a uh, first round matchup between the uh knicks and the Cavs. hopefully the knicks will be in the eastern conference finals at some point uh, maybe jumping ahead there because we'll talk about later today but uh, we'll be talking about this series first round matchup knicks Cavs. knicks up 3-1 opportunity to clinch uh, this series and move on to the next round. That would be the East Conference semifinals. So we'll talk about what that has, what has to happen for that to take place. We'll also talk about um, some of these regular season awards that have been going out. We had one that went out yesterday. We had a Nick finalist that did not win um, most improved player, Laurie Marketing for the Utah Jazz winning most improved player over Jalen Brunson. Last week we had Malcolm Brogdon winning six man of the year over Emmanuel quickly. So we'll talk about some of these regular season awards and these results. And I did mention how things are shaking out in the Eastern Conference playoffs. And there is a big development happening in the first round matchup between the Bucks and the Miami Heat, the number one overall seeded Milwaukee Bucks down three, one to the Miami Heat, the eighth seed. And that is uh, the next matchup potentially for the New York Knicks, the winner of that Bucks heat series. So very interesting things happening in Miami, a, a virtual perform from Jimmy Butler in game four. So we'll talk about all about that. On Orange Blue Blood, I got my guy Tommy Beer with me as always. Tommy, how you feeling? We are. Is it possible we're one Knicks win and one Heat win away from a New York Miami second round series? Just doesn't seem possible, but here we are, um, and it should be a, a fun couple weeks. Hopefully, not looking ahead. We'll, we'll focus on Game Five, but that uh, it, we would we would be derelict in our duties if we didn't at least. Um, pay attention to what's going to in, in that Milwaukee Heat series because there is, uh, if there wasn't pressure on the Knicks to get the job done, you know, 24 hours ago, there's there's significant, you know, it's just there's a, as you mentioned, there is a golden opportunity in front of the Knicks uh, on the Knicks plate here. So let's see if they can eat up. Exactly, because it's almost like watching that game on Monday night. As much as it was good for the Knicks to see what happened, part of me was like, I don't even want to talk about the next round. I gotta hope the Bucks win just that we yep. kind of like table that yep. conversation. But three one Bucks down. Uh, there's no tabling here. We we gotta talk about what that means potentially for the Knicks, especially where the Knicks are in their series. So let's get right to it again. This is Orange and Blue Bloods, a WFEN Odyssey original, a podcast you can get wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Make sure you get the auto download feature on your streaming service. You can get these episodes every time we drop. We drop three times a week. So this is episode number two. We'll have a recap of game five after uh, after they play that game on Wednesday. So we'll be back with you guys on Thursday. So uh, plenty of good stuff here. So make sure you keep it locked in. Orange and Blue Bloods, uh, WFN, Odyssey Original. So let's begin with this opportunity that the Knicks have in front of themselves in this series. So they had the opportunity to win their first playoff series in 10 years. 2013 was the last time the Knicks made it past the first round. That was when Carmelo Anthony and J.R. Smith and Tyson Chandler was leading the Knicks. Now they have the same opportunity right ahead of them here with the Cleveland Cavaliers. They play game five in Cleveland on Wednesday. The Knicks are coming off two emotional home wins in games three and game four at Madison Square Garden. 
New York has been led by star guard Jalen Brunson. He's averaging 24 points a game, shooting 45% from the field, along with five assists and four rebounds in these playoffs. But they'll need more from Julius Randle. He is suffering through one of the worst stretches of the season, maybe the worst stretch of the season for him. He's scoring just 14 points a game on 32% shooting for this series. He was benched in the fourth quarter of game four. Meanwhile, the Cavs are also looking to bounce back in a major way after dropping two games on the road. Donovan Mitchell, their star all-star point guard or all-star shooting guard, uh, scored just two points in the fourth quarter of their game four loss at MSG. So, Tommy, what will be the key to the Knicks clinching this series on Wednesday? Yeah, I think it's the things that they have done well that have got them to this 3-1 lead. You know, just the, that's kind of their secret sauce. It's it's nothing crazy. It's nothing outlandish. Rebound the basketball. They're 3-0. When they, the team that leads the game in rebounds has, has won all four of these contests. Um, the Knicks are 3-0 when they win the turnover battle. So it's just those little things that, that take care of the basketball, rebound the basketball, defend, obviously. Um, I think the first quarter in this game five will be particularly important, a little bit more so um, than previous contests and, and maybe regular season or postseason games because obviously the Cavs' confidence is shaken. Um, they're the weight of expectations is, you know, of the pressures obviously shifted to Cleveland. Um, you know, there's, there's, you know, uh, win or go home games, do or die games, you know, must win games. Uh, it, it, and this is a, in an elimination game. Um, all those cliches apply. Um, and there's a reason why that elimination game is the hardest game to win. Um, you're fighting a desperate animal, a cornered animal. And a, a Cavs team that's talented. Um, they have a superstar, obviously, in, in Donovan Mitchell, who's capable uh, of, of scoring 50, 40 points. Uh, in, so you, we know about the talent they have there. We've seen Garland explode, you know, for, for big quarters and big games. Um, so keep those guys in check. Do what you got to do on the defensive end. Um, and, and, and again, it's, it's not complicated. Um, you have a, you know, keep the game close, you know, obviously Nick fans would prefer a blowout, but, um, <laughs> you have the, the ultimate closer in Jalen Brunson who's proven what he can do. He's been the best player in the series. Um, and obviously the, the, the X factors, what do we get from Julius Randle? Um, how does he perform? Um, can, can, is it possible, um, for RJ Barrett to maintain, um, the, the, the momentum that he's built up for the two games in New York. So should be a fascinating game. Um, and, and again, do what you do well and control what you can control. And ideally, you want to get out to a good start. You don't want to get, you know, because obviously, um, you know, you want to keep the Cavs on their toes and, and have that, that there's there's going to be an anxious feeling at tip-off in that arena amongst the players yeah. and the fans. Um, you want to keep that, you know, you don't want to let them breathe a sigh of relief. You want to keep them on their toes all night. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that, that anxious feeling. I mean, again, kind of just seeing the other side going on, what's happening in Cleveland and some of the reaction. I mean, they are right now stunned kind of what's happening so i do agree i think the first quarter will be will be important if knicks can weather uh, a big storm in the, for, in the first quarter if they even get out to a lead in the first quarter that could really take the crowd out of it very quickly and that could end up shaping how the rest of that game goes i think one of the keys for the knicks for me will be to find help for jalen brunson i think that in a lot of these games the knicks have really not played a full complete game offensively yet still despite being up 3-1 um, you know, it was Hart and RJ in game four. It was RJ in game three. Um, game one, it was Randall and Hart. But th they haven't gotten, you know, four or five guys really in the mix to kind of complement Jalen Brunson's offense. It's kind of been a mixed bag of guys. And I think that it's going to be important that the Knicks get some of these guys going. I, I know Jalen Brunson is going to play relatively well. That's just kind of who he's been. But 
and, and usually they'll get someone else to play well. Maybe one other guy, but they're going to need, I think, another guy or two other guys to help him out. So I'm looking at Emmanuel quickly as a guy to say, hey, like, he's got to break out of this funk at some point. I mean, he's only had one game, I think, in double or two games, I guess, technically double figures. That game two, I don't even count. But, um, but he really hasn't made an impact in this series yet. So you would think with the Cavs maybe readjusting their defenses to how RJ is playing, maybe that opens things up for Emmanuel quickly more. I mean, he's got to get going at some point. And, you know, we could talk about Julius Randle. I mean, he has struggled mightily in this series. I said on podcast we recorded yesterday that I, I don't see him as a playoff player just because that's what I've now seen nine games in. If he could break out of this, that that would be a, a great thing. But they're going to need someone besides Jalen Brunson, I think, to help. It's, it's kind of like the opposite of what you think normally, I think, in the playoffs where you say, you know, your stars win on the road and you know, your role players kind of win games at home. I think for the Knicks, if they're going to win this game, it actually may be the opposite. I think you can kind of expect to get a pretty good game from your star on Jalen Brunson, but you need these other guys to give them something. If he doesn't get anything from those guys, then the Knicks will not win this game because the Cavs are going to be playing with desperation. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I am going to call an IQ breakout game today. I'm going to. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Again, uh, we're recording Tuesday, so it'll be Wednesday. But um, yeah, I, I think IQ's due. Um, you know, he's, he, 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 he hasn't taken a lot of shots. He, you know, he's two of three from the, from the three point arc uh, in the previous mm-hmm. contest. So it's, it seems like he's, you know, kind of trending in the right direction. Um, I think he'll get, uh, we, they haven't released the injury report yet. Um, it sounds like Grimes, I would assume he'll be listed as questionable. Um, you know, uh, but we still got some time there. We'll see if we get any updates from Tibbs after shoot around on Tuesday, um, or, you know, after Tuesday's practice. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I I would probably expect him not to play. Um, you know, they, they obviously won game four, um, you know, there's no need to, it doesn't seem like there's any, no need to rush him back. They need him healthy if they're going to make a long run. So, you know, probably err on the side of caution. Um, if he doesn't play Wednesday, then, then you, you know, maybe bring him back Friday at the garden. But, um, yeah, as you mentioned, um, you know, there's there's a lot of uncertainty there. Um, I, I like to, I'd like to see McBride get a get a few minutes. We, we've talked yep. about that. Um, can Obi continue to play well in spot minutes? Um, and uh, but yeah, I think IQ's due. Um, you know, he's just too talented of a player. Um, he struggled through the first four games. Um, we 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 have an 80 plus game sample size uh, this season. He's been his third best player, um, and and has really been um, you know I, I, defensively he's he's done his job um, yep. done exactly what you've asked. So it's it's certainly not like he's had no impact. Um, but offensively, um, again, he's just too talented of an offensive contributor. Um, we know we can knock down threes get into the lane. I'd like to see him drive a little bit, maybe get to the free throw line, um, you know, see the ball go through the basket a couple of times and then get in the paint, use that floater that he's worked so well, um, that little midi turnaround um, that he's perfected this season, um, you know, find ways. I think the Knicks should make a focus of, of getting him involved as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think IQ is due for a big game. And I think he, um, you know, has one of those big IQ off the bench games on, uh, on Wednesday. De- Knicks could definitely use it. I think that, of all the players, I feel like quickly now after playing four games, I feel like quickly has been the one that has been most disrupted by the Cavs' length. 
I think yeah. that seeing Karras avert on him on ball, seeing Allen and Mobley kind of hovering around the paint, I think that of all the players, he's been the guy most affected by it, not being able to crack the code yet. It's four games in now, so if, if, if it's not going to happen now, it ain't going to happen in the series, so so they could use a big game from IQ. Real quickly, I did want to talk about Donovan Mitchell as well because he has uh, struggled a little bit, especially in the last few games, especially game four. Are you expecting a big bounce back from Mitchell? We know there's a lot of pressure on him. Now the conversation going, hey, is this going to be another playoff, you know, ouster where you, you get dominated by Jalen Brunson? What do you expect from Donovan Mitchell coming into game five? Yeah, I expect a big game from from Mitchell. Um, you know, again, you, you talk about talent, offensive skill sets. This guy has it all. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of those shots in and out, you know, a game of inches, you know, make or miss league. Um, if Mitchell hits one of those threes um, that, that would have cut the lead to one in the fourth quarter, you know, there was a couple of opportunities where he had some shots um, that if he had hit, you know, would stem the either Knicks momentum or get, you know, continue the, when the when the Cavs are on that roll in game three. Um, we saw in game one, you know, 38 points uh, on an efficient shooting. He kind of passed the baton to, to uh, Garland in game, three, yeah. uh, game two when they got their win. Um, but yeah, I, I think Mitchell um, is comfortable, um, you know, being a guy that takes 30 shots in a big game, make or miss, you know, he's, he's putting the work he's, you know, you know, he's earned the opportunity um, and he's going to be blamed if they win, if they lose anyway. So he might as well go down, um, you know, fighting. So I, I expect him to get a ton of shots up. And, you know, when you get a, a, vol- a score like that and giving him a high volume number of shots, um, I expect a lot of those shots to go in. So, yeah, um, you know, is that is that necessarily great for the Cavs? Uh, you know, again, we saw in game two where yeah. um, they're 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 um, the most the one game they won is the game. You know, I think he had, you know, you know he 13 had assists, assists, I think. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. I think he had 17 points, but 13 assists in that game. Um, so when he really dished the ball. Um, but again, you know, I, I think he's going to go down and, and especially early set the turn early, um, come out firing. Um, so, uh, you know, Knicks need to make him work on the defensive end, but yeah, you know, to answer your question directly, I expect, uh, Mitchell that to, to put up some big, some big numbers in game, in game five. Yeah. It's a good point. You mentioned about like how the only game they won, he really wasn't all that aggressive offensively looking for a shot. He, he wasn't right. getting guys involved and in his best game, game one, um, that was a game where he, he probably scored the most points and made the most impact and almost had to lift his team by himself. I think he had 38. But they lost that game. So, and he took, I think, 28 shots, 29 shots in that game as well. So, yeah, that's the thing about the Cavs. That's the one thing that that is tough. It's tough for any team, tough for any team when you're down 3 1. Like, it's kind of hard to find like a recipe for like yeah. what is what is our path to beating the Knicks? You know, like, I think game two, game two feels so much like an outlier because the yeah. Knicks were just out of it so badly in the second quarter. Where, you know, the only thing you take away from that is like, well, Garland got really hot and the Knicks turned the ball over a million times. I, I, I guess if you're Cleveland, you say, look, we can try to maybe be more aggressive on our double teams, which has been their plan. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a little different at home. You got a little more juice, a little more energy, a little more fire under the legs. Maybe you get a little more active, start to cause some more of those turnovers, get out of the open court. But you, when you don't have a clear roadmap to how exactly you find a win in the series, I think it's, it's difficult to – get over that home, which is why a lot of these teams don't come back from 3-1. They don't even win a game down 3-1. A lot of these times these series just end in five games because you don't have a, a, a way to say, okay, this is what we need to do to beat this team. You don't have much evidence. And I think this particular team has a very weird game to look at and say, well, that game, uh, I don't know if we're going to see that Nick team again. So it, it does make it a little tough for them. 
So I don't know. I don't know if Mitchell, I think he'll play well. I think he'll score a lot. I just don't know if that means that they win per se. Um, I think a lot of it will have more to do probably with their defense than it, it will be even how much he scores. Um, if the Knicks are able to win this game and they are able to beat the Cavs in five games, which I, is on the table because this is the situation they're in, like what would that say to you about where the Knicks are at this point? I mean, this was a series that anyone outside of New York was not favoring the Knicks. There were people picking them, but it wasn't a lot. A lot of people said the Cavs had too much talent, too much star power for the Knicks to handle them. If the Knicks flip this around and win this in five games, what would that mean for the Knicks season and just kind of where they are in their uh, quest to build a champion? It's a major statement. I mean, look, if you it's it's one thing to beat a team, um, you know, maybe, you know, Mitchell injures an ankle and you, you somehow escape in seven games or something like that. And, you know, going into the series, you, you get a couple bounces to go the right way and you struggle some games, play well in some games. Uh, yeah. but you eventually, you know, that that, that in and of itself is a, is a credit um, to the team and obviously, a, a, you know, a, a gold stamp on the on the trajectory of the franchise. But if you were able to knock this healthy Cavs team out in five games, um, I mean, and again, as we've talked about, with your leading scorer struggling mightily, with your third best yeah. player, you know, not being able to buy a shot on the offensive end, um, it just speaks to the depth, um, it speaks to Brunson's brilliance, um, you know, uh, the, 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 the centers, uh, the two-headed monster of Mitch and yeah. Ihart, um, th- their ability to dominate um, the paint. Um, there's, it just, it, it really... It, it, it is a major, major statement um, by the Knicks, by this team, by this franchise. Um, and look, we'll talk about the the Heat and and the the Bucks kind of scenario. Um, yeah. But you know, if you want now, we, now you, now you got to get serious. Now you got to get greedy. Um, it, you know, uh, if you can knock the Cavs out in five, you give yourself time to rest. Grimes more time to yeah. recuperate. Uh, um, uh, Randall, if the ankles barking on him, you know, a couple of days to, to ice and, and, you know, all, all that rehab stuff, maybe he gets a little bit healthier. Um, yeah. You know, those are the things you're thinking about if you're, you know, thinking about making a long run at this point that the Knicks have to do so. Um, so you want to take care of business. Um, and, and, you know, and again, you know, we'll, again, we'll talk about the, the, the Miami Milwaukee series, but that opportunity yeah. is sitting there. So now is the, now is the, you know, if, if you, if you are serious about making a run to the Eastern conference finals, which isn't crazy because at this very moment, um, I'm not sure what Vegas has the, you know, the, my, I think that the heat are probably favored to win the series, um, you know, like minus 150 or some along those lines, but you know, slight favorites, obviously with the three, one lead, no one's counting out the bucks. Um, yeah. but the Knicks are now, favored if both teams Miami and you know both favorites advance now both series favorites Miami and the Knicks not only will the Knicks you know show that they could beat the Miami in the regular season they'd have home court advantage um Vegas would probably have them favored to advance the Eastern Conference final so all this stuff is is on the periphery um if you want to make it seem more realistic uh, get the do- get the job done Wednesday night in Cleveland yeah and then you talk about rest and and versus you know getting ready to go for a second round series that that other series is a five game series so like if you lose this game now the heat get more time to rest and they can get their guys fresh potentially so that's why this game is very important the knicks are 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 not favored in this game but it's a game that they can win um so it's gonna it's gonna be big for them but yeah if they win this series if they win this series in five games it would just speak to the great job that leon rose has done building a true team which is what um, I think sometimes we really lose some of the 
we lose sight of what's like important in terms of building a champion because we get so focused on superstar, superstar, superstar. And like we know that that is important. We know every team, almost every team that's won a championship in the last 50 years, maybe like they almost always have had at least one superstar. But you still need to build a good team. Very few teams have won championships that had a superstar but didn't have a well balanced, strong, solid team. And the Knicks have at least built that. I don't. I'm not saying I don't know if they have a superstar, given how Brunson is playing. Right. I'm not going to say they don't. I, I right. can't say that anymore. I'm going to say right. I don't know. I don't know if they have a superstar, but I know they've built a strong team. And that is half the battle. So if And it feels like the superstar thing is not that far away. So if they beat the Cavs, that would really speak a lot to the, the job that Leon Rose has done in building a true team. So uh, Knicks-Cavs is a 7 p.m. start. Um, interesting, weird note about the programming. It, you can watch on MSG as you always would, yeah. but also it's on it's on NBA TV, um, not on TNT, not on a national cable channel, so to speak. I, don't, I guess MSG technically is, but you're not going to get it on ESPN, not going to get it on, on, on TNT. So if you're looking to watch it from a national perspective, you're not going to find it on those channels. you got to go to NBA TV. Um, if you don't have NBA TV outside of New York City, you might be a little screwed. <laughs> I don't which know which is a bad, which is a bad job for the NBA not to have this game on on one of the either TNT or ESPN like that. That's yeah, the they kind of they, the way they they put this is weird because there's four games on that night. I don't know how they 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 messed this up. And then right. you kind of technically have like three Eastern teams because the Grizzlies are one of the teams that are playing at home. So they had to move the Bucks all the way up to nine thirty. So they have an eight thirty local start, which seems ridiculous for them. Um, and the yeah. Grizzlies. They have a 6.30 start. So they, they also got screwed too. So somehow they, they had three teams that are in the Eastern and Central time zone. Well, actually, yeah, three teams in the Eastern and Central time zone. And it all kind of screwed everything up. But, yeah, the NBA did not do a good job with this. And which is what I've been complaining about really since this playoff started. Yeah. How they're putting these games together, some of the long layoffs, none of it has made much sense. And now I think arguably the series that's been most compelling, maybe with the exception of the Kings, uh, uh, Warrior series is going to be played on NBA TV because you got to get LeBron on national TV, right. and we have three teams playing that are all in the East, same time zone essentially. So that that kind of screwed them up. But if you're going to watch this game, Knicks Cavs game five, MSG or NBA TV to check it out. So uh, we will talk about the development happening in that Bucks Heat series in a second. But I do want to quickly because we didn't mention it last week, and we have more uh, fallout from the awards go given out. Uh, on Monday. So I want to mention it real quick. Jalen Brunson, he came in a distant third place for NBA Most Improved Player. He was one of the finalists, but he did not uh, uh, finish higher than third in that in that running. It was Lowry Market in the Utah Jazz who was announced as the winner on Monday night. He won that award going away. That comes just days after Malcolm Brogdon beat out Emmanuel Quickly for the NBA Sixth Man of the Year Award. Quickly was at one point seen as the favorite to take home that trophy. So I'll start with the, the Brunson thing because that's the most recent thing. Are you surprised by how far the voting was? He got only four first place votes when it came to the uh when it came to the most improved player. Yeah, I was. Um I, I wasn't surprised that he lost, but I was surprised that that it was that as lopsided as it was. You know, there's a great case to be made for marketing. I think the argument against Brunson, um, you know, if you if you listen to some some folks is he was so good the second half of last season, you know, from December when Luca went down to the end of the regular season, and then obviously stepped his game up to another level in the postseason, um, which we've talked yeah. about. So I think that, you know, his expectations were ramped up. Um, so while he exceeded the expectations and improved, 
year to year uh, in terms statistically. Um, I think a lot of folks obviously weren't expecting to play as well as he did, which is why he was one of the finalists for the award. Um, but yeah. for marketing, who was kind of bump, you know, jumping around from you know team to team, hadn't really established an identity um, to co- to go to Utah and and really um, you know play at the level that he did. Um, I, I think it does make sense in that respect. Yeah, I. I was I was no problem with marketing winning that award. I mean, I've been a marketing fan who felt disillusioned by his own play. <laughs> I, I thought he could be an all-star player when he was drafted and when he was coming up in Chicago, and he never seemed to reach that potential. So um, this season was a great surprise to me. Like I thought the fact that he was the, the main piece that they got in that Don Mitchell trade, I didn't think was great by Utah, but I thought they in part wanted it because they wanted to lose. I think right. he kind of ruined some. I think he ruined some of their plans yes. by being an All NBA caliber player. So, shout out to Lowry marketing. He had he had a great season, so he definitely deserved to win. I was a little surprised just how the voting worked in terms of why he won by such a large margin. I think we've seen some inconsistency when it comes to like how these awards have been given out. I mean, it was our our own uh, producer uh, Jimmy Jimmy Jackson here who made a great point about how last year you know John Morant who was a guy who was already an established star, won, and, you know, he was saying, hey, I'm going to give the award to, you know, Desmond Bain because he's really the spirit in the spirit, more of the spirit of the award than me being an all-star winning this award. And then we see other years where they do kind of lean on the guy who nobody really expected to do much, say, okay, now nah, this guy deserves this award and maybe a guy who's more of a role player, things like that. It it, 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 it there's a little inconsistency. I think that that is something to be fair uh, to be to be spoken about. So if you're an OKC fan saying, hey, Shade goes as Alexander, he should fit right into that John Morant mold. I mean, right. he went from yeah. being a, a real a star player into a superstar player, averaging you know, 30 points a game. Like, why did he get more votes? And if you're a Knicks fan saying, hey, what, why, why is Jalen Brunson and how he played him just part of last season mean that he, he essentially was you know disqualified from winning the award this season when you're supposed to look at his overall totality of this season last season compared to what he's done for a totality of this season. Also, it's a regular season award, so how does, like, yeah. playoff right, performance right. from last year incorporating this? So th- this is the one award. Honestly, I think this award may have kind of more weird kind of – both this and the six-man, I've learned now, has kind of weird, like, non-rules that kind of allow people to kind of vote however they want. So – Marketing winning was fine because he was very deserving. It just, it, I was a little surprised as how wide it was. Um, maybe, maybe not so much Brunson. I thought Shea would give him a little bit more of a run than, than what he got. But, uh, but congrats to Larry Marketing for winning the award. And then on the sixth man of the year, that's another one where I feel like, again, like the, it was very, the sixth man award thing was weird because there was a time where IQ after the Boston game where he goes off. He was, you know, all right, this guy, he's probably locked up the sixth man of the year. He's a favorite. And then it just seemed like there had been, I don't like to use the word agenda, but it just felt like there had been an agenda created by national media members to explain why IQ should not win. It was, well, look at Brunson. If you look at it, Brogdon's kind of like traditional stats, you know, points per game and all that stuff being a little better. Look at, you know, the fact that, uh, Brockton, you know, didn't start this season and, and, and IQ started all these games, which was weird because there have been guys who have started 30 games in a season that have won six man of the year. It just seemed like there was all these excuses being made for why it couldn't be Emmanuel quickly. And it was almost like there was a momentum that then shifted back to Brockton by the last week or so being the favorite to win. And that's unfortunate, man, because I, I, Emmanuel quickly has been 
so good on both ends of the court. He's been such a net positive on both ends of the floor. And to me, when I think of six man, I think of a guy who comes into the game and changes the course of the game. Like the game gets flipped by his presence on the floor. That's a true six man to me. This is a guy who could be a starter. So when I look at the net rating being one of the main stats that I look at it, I say Brogdon, when the Celtics, he's out there, the Celtics are the same team, essentially. They're essentially the same team when Brogdon's out there than when Quickly's out there. And that's crazy because Quickly sometimes is coming in for Jalen Brunson. Like, oh. that's, like, think about that. Like, Brogdon's coming in for Marcus Smart. Emmanuel Quickly's coming in for Jalen Brunson, and that's the net value he's putting up. I just I just didn't get how, how he got – disrespected in my opinion with how they gave out that award and some of these narratives that came out in the last week about why he couldn't he shouldn't have won it i think a lot of folks i think the one thing the nba needs to do they do need to do a better job of allowing advanced statistics to be more prevalent in their like in their presentation i think you know a lot of people will complain about baseball but i think it's one of the things baseball does do well that they they are pushing it so it allows fans to okay maybe you don't get why bad average isn't as important but like they're trying to explain it to you I just right. feel like there are a lot of stats that clearly showed Emmanuel quickly was the most impactful six man, but it's not accessible to everybody. So not everybody knows what you're talking about or not. A lot of people don't know what these things like net rating mean or the, the win defensive win shares, you know, what any of those things mean. So they're like, I don't know that. I know that Brogdon averaged more points, so he should win. So that was unfortunate for Emmanuel quickly. I hope at some point the NBA does a better job of incorporating those stats in their presentations of games uh, on their website so that people can have a better picture of these things so they, they are things that teams are using in the nba to build teams like this is how you become a smarter sports fan totally agree and and you, you have a lot of fans a lot of analysts not only don't incorporate it but actively push back against any discussion of it you know you're a nerd yeah. if you look at anything other than your eye test or anything other than right. points per game you know like that it's it that 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 kind of antiquated line of thinking is becoming a little bit outdated. You know, you're seeing more and more um, as you get kind of more knowledgeable analysts and younger, fresher blood kind of in the game. Um, you know, speak to the importance of it. And again, you're you're not completely disregarding the eye test. You're not you know you don't pretend you don't, you still watch the game. You just have this other information that informs your point of view and gives you a little bit more you know deeper knowledge context base um, yeah. because. The biggest NBA fan can't watch, you know, 82 games of Brogdon and 82 games of Quickly right, exactly. and 82 games of Jokic. And, it, you know, just it's just there's not enough time. They play at the same time. Um, yeah. You know, as, as we were talking about before we went on, that some games start at 1030. It's just it's not feasible. Um, but yet, so, yes, I, I totally agree with you on the IQ point. Um, I, I, to me, the, the, the weirdest thing argument against IQ and this seems to really be I don't want to say the only argument but the strongest argument against IQ was he started a bunch of games like yeah but that's that I, that's what you want in a six man if your starter right. goes down he has the ability to not only right. play well off the bench but to, to slide into the starting lineup for five games at a time and then go back to six man then start three games when the starter sprains an ankle then start four games in a row when he you know is non-covid whatever the case might be the ability to kind of shuffle in and out of the starting lineup while still maintaining um you know as the central focus of that bench unit um, is a feather in his cap and it, 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 it strengthens his case as opposed to weaken yeah. it. So I, that's the one thing um, as far as a narrative, you know, point of view that I, that I really didn't understand um, how somehow it was better that Brogdon didn't start a single game 
Um, and, and not only did it, you know, did it not benefit IQ's case, but it somehow worked against them. That I didn't get. Um, I think it's all roped into, we talked a little bit about the MI, you know, the most improved player. We've talked about yeah. it during the MVP. There's no set de definition, you know, like to, to this right. day, you know, what makes a player most valuable? Is it the best player on the best team or is it the best player? You know, all these things. So um, while it makes for interesting conversations on sports talk radio and podcasts and first take, et cetera, um, it, you know, for, for guys like IQ, it kind of sucks because there's, you know, that you can't point out to that why he didn't deserve it. Um, why MB, you know, Jokic had better number, you know, all these other things. Um, so it's, it, I, and I, again, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if there's, you know, yeah. a lot of it's, um, subjective or subjective and all that other stuff. Um, but yeah, in this particular case, um, I thought IQ got a real deal. Yeah, I thought he did. And again, like thinking about the case for, you know, oh, IQ started so many games. I mean, Lamar Odom won the Sixth Man of the Year award in, what, 2011. He started 35 games that year. And I also think that, like, I'm not even, for me, like, I'm not even so frustrated that, oh, he started a lot of games means that that shouldn't be a part of the equation. I think that why you start is important. I think if you're a guy who mostly starts or started halfway, they just been yanking you in and out of the starting lineup. That's more of a case to say, okay, that is that guy a true six man or is he a guy who can start and sometimes he doesn't. Like IQ only was getting inserted because guys were getting injured. Right. Quentin Grimes getting injured. Jalen Brunson was getting injured. RJ Barrett got injured. And J IQ was always the guy that stepped in, which again, think about those guys. Three totally different players. Yep. Small forward, a shooting guard, a point guard. And IQ was able to sub in for all of those guys and excel. And then he'd say, well, his numbers were better as a starter. I'm like, doesn't that show how good he is? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. You know, so so that to me was frustrating too. It was like, well, he starts a lot. It's like, well, he, he's starting because guys are getting hurt. That is the literal definition of a guy being a six-man, a guy who comes in and can play like a starter when these things happen. I think that the circumstances should have been considered more if people were upset about the fact that he started so many games. But yeah, I, I thought it was a raw deal IQ got. Um, but hopefully he'll be able to at some point kind of turn this thing around and he can kind of uh, make a statement maybe in these playoffs about why he should have got this award. And maybe it'll be in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Boston Celtics. Maybe. Ooh. Let's see. Um, and that, that's a great segue, I think, to uh, our next subject, our last segment of today's episode, major developments in these playoffs. Uh, they're beginning to take shape, and one has huge implications for the New York Knicks. The number one overall seed, Milwaukee Bucks, find themselves on the brink of elimination after losing game four to the Miami Heat on Monday, Giannis Antetokounmpo returned to the lineup after suffering a back injury in game one, but was not enough for Milwaukee to hold off a fourth quarter comeback from the Heat thanks to a 56-point performance from Jimmy Butler. The win put Miami up 3-1 in their series. If the Heat knocked the Bucks out of the playoffs, that would be just the fifth time in NBA history that a number one seed has been knocked out of the first round by an eighth seed. The Knicks, of course, famously did it in 99 the nuggets of 94 the first team to ever do it uh, the knicks of course beating the miami heat on allen houston's uh game winner in game five when that's when the series were best of five series back then um that was of course one of the best moments in knicks history so if the knicks and the heat clinched their respective series they would face each other in the next round and the knicks would have home court advantage so We'll get into the conversation about what this means for the Knicks very shortly. But just quickly, how surprised are you by the Heat's resurgence? Because this is a team we talked about a lot. The Knicks had a lot of big games against them. The Knicks have played really well against them. And I think that they were a team that I know I wrote off. I got the impression that you kind of were also writing them off. 
So see them here three one. Like how just surprising is this for you? Stunning. Um, it was the game, the final Knicks Heat game of the regular season. Um, I'm just looking at here, March 22nd. Um, I'm sorry, uh, March 29th, uh, Knicks won 101-92. And it was right around the time where the Heat still had a chance to kind of jump up into that five, six, yeah. five, seven seed, um, uh, pass the, obviously catch the Knicks, but uh, just as importantly, pass the Nets to avoid the play-in. Um, they just didn't show up. Um, they didn't play well that game. Um, they just, you know, there was just not a lot there. Um, and, you know, it, it could be, and it, it had been a, the case the entire season, just a massively yeah. disappointing season. And that was a um, game where Randall got hurt and he didn't even play the rest of the game. And yes. they still couldn't find a way to win that one. Yes. And there was other, there was other bad losses they had down the stretch when you, all right, now they're going to turn it on. Jimmy Butler says, I'm ready to play now. And um, they just couldn't, for whatever reason, you know, it was just one of, and, you know, it was like, all right, we'll, we'll flip the switch. And the, the, the switch never got flipped and until uh, they, they show up in the first round. And I, obviously, um, Giannis not you're basically playing 11 minutes um, in the series prior to game four. You know, you all right, he's, you, you assume he's going to be back in game four. You read, okay, he's practicing, he'll be back. Bucks will take care of business and up 14 in the fourth, up 12 with like six minutes left. Um, they are obviously in very good position to do so. And, and a, an incredible game from Jimmy Butler, you know, 56 points on 28 field goal attempts is just mind boggling. I will, I will say though, um, let's not be a prisoner of the moment. I've heard a lot. I saw it on Twitter and then I heard, I think it was Barkley or somebody said on TV, the best performance in heat franchise history and, and playoff performance. Like uh, it's a first round game. Yeah. In a yeah non it's hard to say that. Hey, let's hey, listen. I, I've seen D Wade, uh, you know, you know, hit, hit you know, 40 in, in a finals game. Uh, the best LeBron, game, for me, how many games he had? LeBron, the game, uh, game six in six Boston, in Boston, yeah, 2011, after they had lost the prior year. To me, that's the I. I don't want to say it's 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 my favorite LeBron game of all time. I don't know if it's his best game, um, but the stakes and the pressure that was on people forget. Um, they lost the prior year uh, to Dallas, um, you know, you know, and and then they if they had lost that next year, I don't know what happens with the 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 way the heat might have been broken up. The heat might have been broken. Something crazy would happen. Table. Yeah. Spolstra maybe gets fired. I, I don't know what happens, but something happens if they lose that game and, and LeBron goes for 45, 9, and 11, whatever he had. I just, he just said, like, because the narrative, and, and it was fair to criticize LeBron up to that point, he couldn't deliver in the big game. You know, like he just yeah. hadn't hadn't done that, hadn't won a championship yet, et cetera. Um, he did in that game, and that kind of flipped the script. They came back on game seven. So. 45 but, points and 15 rebounds in that game. I mean, and just dominant. On and that seven, was a, on 19 for 26 shooting. <laughs> and that was a great Celtics team, you know, with, yeah. uh, with, with a lot of proven grizzled veterans um, yeah. at home and a, and a raucous, you know, Boston crowd. And again, everyone assumed that LeBron just wasn't never going to be a great player, you know, up to, up until that yeah. point. Cause he had, that was like his stamp. To his, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, back, back to the, to the case at hand. So uh, to, not, not to take anything away from Jimmy Butler, just, uh, I, I, if you watch it mind boggling, like, like out of body experience um, from Butler, so a ton of credit to those guys. Um, you know, so so yes, to answer your question, I I am shocked that uh, that, that 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 the Heat are there now. You know, if we, we look at the bigger picture, um, it's it's impossible to overstate the how much as if you're a Nick fan, you want. I understand there's the the history, and you're worried about the Heat, and they can play. You want Miami to win this series. The yeah. if, if, if you play Miami. You have home court advantage. You have a team that you beat during the regular season. 
and they're playing without arguably their second best player. Tyler Hero's out with a broken hand. He's going to be out four to six weeks. He, he won't be available for the second round series. Whereas if the Bucks kind of right the ship and, and win game win game five and then are find a way to win game six, you have a Bucks team, championship pedigree, talented yeah. players all over the court, and you have a healthy, getting healthier Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, the difference between facing those two teams, facing a Bucks team that will have at that point have won three straight and kind of obviously are, you know, have built the momentum and, and are back on track versus a Heat team that, you know, is, you know, that just basically shocked the world just to get to the second round. Yeah. Um, it, it's night and day uh, with, with versus those two teams uh, from a Knicks perspective. So um, it, it, it's, I, I can't believe that they are on the verge of it. Um, Giannis didn't look healthy, uh, obviously returned and had a triple double, but he wasn't his physical aggressive self. Didn't seem yeah. to, to kind of welcome that contact. Didn't have that bounce, that explosion. Um, we'll see if a, a day off and, and how he recuperates. Um, but now obviously anything's on the table because, uh, you know, if Giannis isn't healthy and Butler playing the way he does, um, you know, anything can happen. Yeah, like that game showed me that like Giannis is so dominant and so good that like he can kind of roll out of bed and get, you know, yes. 23 and 10. Like that's just how good he is. But like you're right, he's, he's definitely still compromised. I, I felt yes. that way as well, watching him move and just didn't have the same athleticism, same explosion. So uh, we'll see if this gets better for him. Like I've, I've said a million times since this thing has happened, like, backs are extremely unpredictable yeah. and they're extremely yeah. nagging and yeah. uh, something that may not appear to be something serious in terms of any tears or any you know, herniated disc could still just be debilitating for a long period of time. So um, we'll see how Giannis can recuperate. But yeah, I'm, I'm also stunned by the Miami heat being in this position, especially without Tyler hero, who uh, maybe if he's not the second best player, definitely the second best scorer, I would say. Yeah. And yeah. in in not having yeah, that, I, I, that I, is obviously one the second, out there. second best player, but right? Hero, they're they're a key a key component, right? And 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 considering this is one of the worst offensive teams in the NBA, not having Tyler Hero yes. is a yes. massive loss. So if you're the Knicks, a guy, uh, a team that you've beaten three out of four times this season, all very competitive games, the games the Knicks won three out of four. You get the Heat. I know playoff Jimmy Butler, as we saw, is extremely scary and a guy who can yes. dominate games, but it's a Heat team that is also playing Caleb Martin a lot of minutes. It's a Heat team that's playing Duncan Robinson a lot of minutes because of all the injuries. Uh, Gabe Vincent's getting a lot of minutes. Kyle Lowry is like in and out of the lineup. Like you don't know when he's going to play, when he's not going to play. Uh, unfortunately, Victor Oladipo got hurt, and, and I don't think we'll be seeing him uh, in this series as well. So, this is a Heat team that is kind of limping through this right now, even though they're playing so well. The the the, the Cavs, uh, the Heat's starting power forward, starting power forward, Kevin Love, is a guy the Cavs, who the Knicks are up 3-1, cut because yeah. he couldn't get minutes for the Cavs yeah. team. Now he's starting for the Heat, just to give you some context there. You know? Exactly, exactly. So, so this is a Heat team that is as – Dangerous as they are with Jimmy Butler, yes. and we know yeah. how great Bam is. There's not a lot after those two guys. So if the Knicks get them in a second round matchup, you gotta feel great about your chances of getting to the Eastern Conference Finals at that point. You gotta play the games, you gotta go out there and execute. Sure. And the Heat may have the best coach in the NBA. I, I think Spolcher is probably the best coach in the NBA in my eyes. So they're going to be extremely well prepared and it's going to be a dogfight. Um, if the Knicks beat this Cavs team in five, I don't think it would be as easy to beat the Miami Heat. But I think the Knicks would have 
a great shot to beat Miami Heat. And now you're talking about a season where you're saying, hey, we'll kind of just take whatever we can get from the season before it started. Now you're looking at saying, hey, is an NBA Finals on the table? I did a show on WFN last week, and I said after the Giannis injury that I said that a Finals run was on the table because of this injury. And the way this is all turning out, now it's there for the Knicks taking. If, if this is the matchup and the Knicks take care of business against Cleveland, you're, everything's in front of you. You're favored to win that next series. you got to beat the Heat. And then Philly or Boston, you take your chances. You take your chances. But once you're in that Final Four, anything can happen at that point. And B got hurt. He has a knee injury. We don't know what his situation is like. I mean, that's why. And that in this season is one of the seasons also why it's, it's great for the anti-tanking crowd, too, because yes. it kind of shows you, like, oh, well, we don't got a team that has a superstar. Like, what are we doing? We're just mired in mediocrity. And, yes, there are times where being mired in, quote-unquote, mediocrity is that. But if you, you know, exceed expectations and then you get a couple of breaks your way, all of a sudden you can find yourself in a position to say, yo, the NBA championship is not crazy. And that's – the Knicks are getting to a position where that is going to be the case for them. And, and you know what I thought of last night too. You, you, you and you and it brought it reminded me when you said anti tanking. If you're a Cavs fan, uh, uh, I'm sorry. If you're a Dallas Mavericks fan right now, watching that game last night and, and seeing Jimmy Butler do that and being up as an eight seed, up three one on, on the number one seed, you're trying to tell me you don't Luca's not capable of that type of performance. Right. Um, and not to mention having Kyrie Irving uh, on this, a healthy Kyrie Irving and engaged Kyrie Irving. Um, so that, that is, to, you know, that's why you try to win the, the playing games, yeah. you know, like that's, that's why you try to give yourself a chance because anything crazy can happen because Giannis can go for a dunk and fall on his back. And all of a sudden you're up three, one in the, in, in a first round matchup. And then from the Heat's perspective, Hey, we can beat the Knicks and you know, maybe we can right. run, you know? So like, that's, that's right. for them. They're like, if we can beat the Bucks, why can't we beat the Knicks? hundred <laughs> percent, you know? So like, that's why you want a ticket to the dance. You don't worry about the 10th spot in the lottery as opposed to the 11th. Yeah. This has gotten extremely interesting uh, for the Knicks because of where this heat series is going. I'm still – I don't know. What Do you think that the Heat are going to pull this off? I'm still extremely skeptical. I, I, I'm the same. I Listen, I, and a lot of it comes down to Giannis's health, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I just have too much respect for Giannis as a competitor. Um, there's not an athlete on the planet I respect more um, than, than Giannis. His, what he's overcome and the way he approaches the game. And um, I've said it once. I've said it a million times. Like He plays every game like he's on a 10-day contract, um, despite the fact that he's a multimillionaire. Um, that that's the best player in the world. So I, I can't. I'm definitely not counting out the Bucks. Um, I they I they I think they will win Game Five. Um, if Miami doesn't win Game Six, I think the series is over. I think my but the yeah. Bucks will win Game Seven. Um, just you know because Giannis continues to you know I assume we assume continues to get healthier as time goes on. Assume he doesn't re-aggravate the injury. Um, game Seven in Milwaukee championship pedigree uh, you know i again I, I assume the bucks will win that game um so i think the series will come down to game six in miami um i'm not going to count out jimmy butler um you know again anything can happen um but I, if you ask me today who i think is going to advance who the knicks who the winner of the knicks cap <laughs> series be, i think it'll be milwaukee um i, I wow. do think they have the, i do think they can win the game yeah i think they're absolutely capable a lot of it's going to depend on Giannis's health, like you said. Yes, I, and I think that I think that game six is going to be, which I think will happen. I agree. I think the the Bucks win at home. 
that that's going to be a very interesting, interesting game to watch. I think that that is where that will essentially, I think, be the game seven. I don't think Miami Agreed. will go back to Milwaukee Agreed. shorthanded and beat the Bucs. Now Giannis, you know, now more days and weeks removed from the original back injury. If, 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 like, I mean, what's weird about the Bucs is I think that they're, I don't know why, I guess maybe because they had so many postseason failures prior to winning a championship. But, like, they don't get enough respect, I think, for being a really resilient group. Like, yes. people forget that Hawks series that they won. Like, Giannis missed, like, a big games in that series. Like, they won essentially yes. without him. Yes. Um, Drew Holiday. Like, they, they, yeah, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton was a killer in that series. Down, I mean, then down, then down 0-2 to Phoenix in the finals. Down 0-2 to Phoenix. Everybody said that series over Chris Paul's going to get yep. a championship. Like, yep. and then they, they win four in a row. Um, I even think last season, I know they lost that game six where Tatum went crazy against Boston, but they played that whole series without Middleton and they were in the driver's seat to win. I mean, they are an extremely resilient team. So I I I don't want to, I don't want to completely write them off. I was in Boston for that game seven, um, in the, in the building and Grant, Grant Williams, seven, three pointers, you know, that's, that's basically what kept them from winning a championship in my opinion. Um, and obviously without Middleton. So without Chris Middleton. I just think, you know, that's why I thought they, but then again, that's why I thought they'd win game four. Like, even if Giannis is yeah. 75% of Giannis, Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez, and those guys will, will do what it takes because just looking at the rest of that, that he'd line up. And Bam didn't even have a monster game, you know, 15, no. 15 and eight. Like, he played pretty well, but, um, you know, you just don't expect Caleb, you know, you you can live with Caleb Martin shooting clutch threes. He just hit him. So, um, yeah, again, I, I expect the Bucks to win game five, and I think you're right. It'll come down to game six, Miami. Yeah, as we've seen with this situation, it's the Jimmy Butler effect. He's this X factor that you can't account for. So yeah. despite all of those things working the Bucks' favor and the Bucks are leading by double digits late in the fourth yes. quarter, yes. Jimmy Butler can just be Jimmy Butler. And then here we are, heat up 3-1. So interesting thing to follow. We will continue to follow that series. We will follow the rest of the postseason as well as, of course, the Knicks run through the playoffs. But that's going to do it for this episode of Orange and Blue Bloods, a New York Knicks podcast and the Odyssey WFAN original. Tommy, let people know where they can find you. At Tommy Beer on Twitter. You can find me, EJ underscore Stewart on Twitter, Action EJ on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you again so much for checking us out. Of course, you can catch our episodes wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. So make sure it's the auto-download feature on your streaming service. Uh, to get these episodes every time we drop. We drop three times a week. We'll have a recap of game three, of oh, game five please, of this series. Between the um, between the, the cat Knicks and Cavs later this week, make sure you keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. Um, and also check us out on YouTube. Catch us on uh, the WFN channel and the Odyssey Sports channel. So thank you guys again so much for checking us out. Tommy, I'm EJ. Thank you guys. Peace. Peace.